You know, I wonder if it was uh, like this for you on Friday. It didn't quite feel like Black Friday. And I'm not sure if it's maybe beginning to uh, lose its attraction. I'm not sure if maybe we've begun to sense and experience the reality that we are a, a country transitioning from going and tangibly touching and buying things to we can just start, you know, Thanksgiving morning and buy it all online. But I can remember uh, back at kind of the beginning of my ministry, we were living in Nashville, and, and I can remember getting up and throwing on uh, my jacket and leaving the family behind, and I was kicking through the aisle of Walmart, a box with a TV in it, pushing a bike with one arm, and I don't know what else I had in the other. Now, maybe some of that is, you know, things were a little tighter then, getting straight out of seminary and, you know, moving to a new city and a new house. And, and so that opportunity to save maybe, you know, uh, a significant bit of money, maybe it was more attractive. Black Friday's over. All the sales that draw so many of us out are over. And so here's a question. Are you all ready for Christmas? One, but for most of us, it's just barely beginning. No matter how the retailers try, no matter, you know, the fact is, I mean, it's been in the stores for two plus months. I mean, it was well before Halloween. Uh, you know, the, the garden section at Walmart, you know, which is the largest toy store in America, you know, transitions in September from summer and gardening to Christmas. It's out there. They've done their best job to draw us in and give us the opportunity to be ready. Well, here we are in the Advent season and very few of us would say that we are ready for Christmas. But on this, the first Sunday of Advent, Jesus in our gospel reading says to us or talks to us about watching out. Now, that later on in this chapter, not our reading today, but later on, he says that indeed, you know, you must be ready. He's putting it pretty strong there. It's not like, hey, you know, you might want to think about, you know, you might want to, you know, begin to do a little bit of preparation, but it's an absolute, you must be ready. Jesus isn't talking about, you know, his first coming. He's not talking about getting ready to celebrate his birth in Bethlehem. He, he's not, you know, just talking about, you know, the Advent Christmas season as it relates to, yes, we have this time of preparation to remember and to celebrate, again, the birth of our Savior. That's not his focus. His focus is that we be ready for the second coming, for the end of time for the day of judgment. You must be ready. And so I ask a 
uh, a much more important question than the one that I began with after Black Friday, but are you ready for Jesus' return? He goes on to say, watch out, do not be deceived. So I didn't ask you to share out loud how you would truly answer that question, but I believe his further encouragement of do not be deceived, he knows us well. He knows how uh, easily susceptible we are to the attacks of the great deceiver, of Satan. Don't be deceived. Oh, don't worry. It's okay. Enjoy today. Enjoy this weekend. Enjoy this life. Don't be deceived. Watch out. So I'd like to, this morning, explore a few possible answers that very likely have run or continue to run across uh, your mind, your thought, your life. The first one, I'm ready enough. We live in a day where some say we live in a day of enoughness. That's good enough. Yeah, don't worry about it, that's good enough. Doesn't stack up real well to God's standard of perfection, but, you know, not many at this point would say that they're truly ready for Christmas. Uh, the only one I heard from was Ruth, but, I mean, maybe you are. I got a tree up, and Elizabeth put up half the lights last night, but we're not ready like that. And by the way, last year we never sent a letter or card. This year we'll make up for it, but I hope. <laughs> but we're not ready. And, and those are just the secular things. Many will say that they are ready enough for the coming of Christ at Christmas. I think many of us have a minimalist approach. You know, I believe that's enough. You know, maybe that's a little bit of the problem, and it's not meant to be a problem, but with us being a church that is emphasizing or that emphasizes grace, what God has done, how He prepares us, how He restores us, how He forgives us. But if I can help you remember or maybe reconsider at least our Lutheran approach of this balance of law, and gospel. That we need to hear the law daily. We need to understand God's standards, God's expectations. We need to understand that we failed to keep any of His laws. But at the same time, we have this balance of the gospel, of showing us our Savior, of showing us what He has done. 
sometimes we live like this. We're just like, just give me grace. I know God loves me. I know he forgives me. And so we go on just living our life just like we want. Oh, this is good enough, I believe. Now let's get back to life. I think in a sense when we believe that this is enough, what happens is we don't see in this Advent season, and let, I, let me expand that, life, any need for special worship, special time of prayer, a special time of using those Advent devotionals that were given out earlier this week, and there are still more there if you haven't picked yours up, because I'm ready enough. So, would you say that you are ready enough to meet the Lord when He returns? Are you ready knowing that you must stand before the judgment throne of God, before a holy and a just God and judge? In our reading from Romans today, Paul warns that salvation gets nearer than you think, folks. At least I can say this much, it's nearer than it was last year at this time when I stood here and talked about Advent. And in truth, if it helps at all, it's nearer than it was yesterday. It is nearer. He says, wake up. And I want to suggest that I think underlying that is this. He's saying to you and me, stop living like this is all there is. That one registered with me. Stop living like this is it. So, you know, let's just make the most of this. Let's enjoy each moment. Let's, you know, live life to its fullest. Let's not worry about that. That'll come. I don't need to give it any attention. Really? Then why does he over and over remind us about, you know, we know not the day nor the hour that he will return, that we need to be ready like bridesmaids with our, you know, lamps lit. Stop living like this is all there is. The Father's requirement is that we would be perfect. How's that working for you? Anybody doing pretty well? See, I didn't, give you, I didn't even ask if anybody's doing perfect, just pretty well? No. Why corporate Confession is a part always of our worship. It's why daily confession and repentance and receiving again the grace of God in your own daily life and prayer are so essential. Because daily we sin much. And daily, therefore, we need His grace in our lives. But it doesn't change God's standard. We fall short every day. However, at the same time, we rejoice that Jesus was perfect in our place. We are made perfect, my friends, through faith in Him, in what He has done. What 
great good news. The second or the next way that many respond to being ready is this one. I got plenty of time. Now I know, and I, I actually one of these days need to calculate it, but the average age in this church is probably somewhere around 63. And you hear that number, and most of you know, well, well I'm on the downhill side, so at least you have a, a little bit of an indicator that, you know, my time is nearing. And I'm included in that. But we easily say, I have plenty of time. Let me ask you a question. Anybody know when they're going to die? No? No? We don't know. Therefore, our answering by saying, I got plenty of time, doesn't really work. Jesus tells us that he will come back to take us to be with him in John chapter 14. But that, my friends, was 2,000 years plus ago. And he hasn't come yet. And so we say, you know, I've, I've got a lot to do. When I find time, I'll worry more about getting ready. I've still got some time. I would venture to say I've heard out of the mouths of almost half of this congregation, I don't know how I ever had time to work. <laughs> I don't know how I could handle my day without my calendar. Now, maybe the kind of appointments and things we have on our calendars at different phases of our life are different, but it is reality. We do such a, a great job of filling our day, our time, our calendar. We've got a lot to do. When I've got a little more time, I'll worry about getting ready then. Well, later in this chapter, Jesus uses this illustration, by the way. This illustration of the people in the days of Noah, those who were busy, and it says, eating, drinking, marrying, and they knew nothing about the flood until they were washed away. But Jesus doesn't point out their evil, but just the fact that they were caught up in the routines of life and they ignored the warning of Noah. Now you can say, well, nobody told me. The real answer would be, I just didn't hear it because I wasn't listening. I was too busy. How easy it is for us to do the same. Life is good. Life is full. There's no need to worry or hurry about getting ready for the coming of my Lord, getting ready for that coming day of judgment. Yet please wake up and listen and keep watch. 
He could come today. He could come before kickoff at noon. You know, he could come before, you know, your anniversary. He could come before your birthday. He could come before your family arrives for, you know, the next holiday season of Christmas. So keep watch, he says. Keep watch. He will come like a thief when you least expect him. A poll was taken by the Pew Research Foundation just a few years ago that inquired with Americans what percentage of them believe that the end will come during their lifetime. 18%. Interesting. That's almost the exact same number of the percentage of Americans that worship on any given Sunday. But only 18% of Americans think that the end will come. Now, how they perceive that, are they talking about annihilation and destruction of the world as we know it, uh, you know, uh, because of what man does? But ultimately, the question was about, when do you think the Lord will return? Will it be within your lifetime? And less than one-fifth thought that he would return. When I was in high school... My church, we always had vicars, pastoral interns, and the one during my senior year was um, the Reverend Dr. Brian Knazer, at least that's what he ultimately became a pastor and then got his doctorate. He just retired from the church over here at Mount Verde going towards Orlando. Life, or a friend of mine, obviously, since my high school days. But one day, he and his wife, Deb, they were at our home. My parents basically, every night, if the vicar wasn't invited elsewhere for dinner, they sat at the table as a member of our family. I'm in the kitchen, and I don't know how the conversation came up. Maybe Brian was just testing me. Maybe it was a conversation starter, but he said to me, he said, so Jamie, do you think the Lord is going to return soon? And I said, no. I don't see any evidence of it. It seems that, you know, things are stable enough. Remember, late 1980s, kind of end of Cold War and so forth. And, you know, I just didn't see that we were kind of going that way. But, you know, there was some nervousness in my days. We, I remember talking with friends about what would a nuclear war look like. I said, no. I just don't see the evidence of it. And he said to me, well, Jesus said, when you least expect it, so you know he might come today. So here it is, some 39 years later, and I still remember that. When you least expect it. The third and the final common response that many of us may find ourselves saying is, I know I need to get ready, but I don't really know how. And that may be a very honest answer. So let me help you. 
rather than ignore it, which is what many will do, and just keep trying to just trudge through and not think about it, let me help you. First, listen to the Word. The people in Noah's day that I referred to at the end of chapter 24 of Matthew, you know, they could have listened to Noah's preaching, him calling them to be aware and to join him and to get ready, but they refused. And today, now, we can listen to the words of Jesus and we can respond. When John the Baptist prepared people for the first coming, he preached, repent, be baptized, turn from your sin, look at the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, trust in Him and in His saving work, believing that He came to live and die for us and is the best preparation for Christmas and for Christ's impending return. Listen to His word and prepare. Second, live the kind of life you want Jesus to see. Now, by the way, my actions, my deeds won't get me into heaven. They're not going to get you there either, but let's just be honest. We have it in our reading. Our reading for a moment tells us, let no debt remain except the continuing debt to love one another. Put aside all deeds of darkness. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Chew on that one for a while. What would it be for you to start looking like Jesus? To put on the clothes of righteousness. To live more like Jesus. That whole process of sanctification. And lastly, don't get impatient. I know, that's a harder one. But Jesus said, I'm coming soon. As you read through God's word, have you ever noticed how everything that God said he would do, everything he has promised, he has done? Why would we read this any differently? I'm coming soon. Peter said that he is not slow in keeping his promise. A day is as a thousand years. He delays, my friends, as he tells us in 2 Peter 3, he delays only to give time for repentance for all people, for you and for me. I'll try it. Oh, you better watch out. You better not pout. You better not cry. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. So the music began the other day on the radio, and I heard that song, uh, 
In my childhood, that song was almost like a, um, a, a mile marker. It's like Christmas is just ahead. That's what the song made me think about. But I also remember that when I began to listen to the words, I'm like, huh, well, I'm in trouble then. <laughs> because he knows when I lied to my mother by just not answering when she called me, even though I heard her. I know I'm in trouble because I lied when, and Stephen will say that was probably true, but my brother Steve will say when I admit, yes, I hit him first. <laughs> it wasn't he as the older brother who hit me first. When I start thinking, started thinking as a kid a little bit more about the realities of my actions in my life, I was like, oh, crud. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be a very good Christmas because <laughs> I've been busted. I've been caught. He knows everything I've done. I might as well just keep on being bad. You ever had that thought? And you know that's how many of us look at uh, our lives as Christians. Maybe you haven't thought about that song about Santa Claus, but boy, does it apply well to Jesus. He knows when you've been bad or good. He sees what you've been doing. He knows it all. Jesus is coming, my friends. You better watch out. You better be good because he knows it all. You better be ready. You better be prepared, faithful, loving, because there's no fooling him. And then when you look at life this way, any honest person would say, well, that's just great. <laughs> I've got no chance then. And that misses the point of God's grace. That misses the point of Advent, preparing for the one who prepared the way for us. As many of us know from Ephesians chapter 2, it reminds us, it assures us that it is for by grace you have been saved. This is not of yourselves. It is the very gift of God. Yes, Advent, it is a time to prepare in prayer, in devotion, in worship like Wednesday night, a time to receive again the one who sees everything and he still prepares us. Amen. Now may the